my name is Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Bonjour, je m'appelle David Lindley, et bienvenue au Hellmouth. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. Yep, that, that checks out. Because <laughs> we're, we're Canadian. Yeah, that's gotta true. Gotta do things bilingual. Yeah. I think that's the law. I mean, that's what I've been told. They made us learn French, so why else would they do that? So I'm Michaela. I have been watching this show. So I tried to work it out, like, when I actually started watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the first episode I ever saw was Hush, which oh, is good. in season four, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty high note to start off on. Yeah. So that aired in, I'm going to say, like... Season four, so 2001? Yeah. So I've pretty much been watching it since then. Okay. I watched four, five, six, seven while Wait, it you aired. You started like watching it as it was airing, and you got Hush as your first episode. Yeah, man. <laughs> Holy fuck! Right, it's like the fucking lottery. <laughs> wow, that's a yeah. good one to start on. No, so Although that was not like for your sleeping. Well, so I was like, I don't know what this is, but I mean, at the time, what was I? Eleven? I was like, this oh, is the greatest thing I've Jesus. ever seen. Yeah, man. <laughs> that would have given me scars and a half. It's all good. So then after, I don't know the exact timeline, because I, I was watching season four and then somehow got my hands on DVDs because this was in the time when you had to get your hands on DVDs right. in order to watch seasons one through three slash <laughs> like half of four. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I, uh, I saw the rest like while watching, you know, five, six, seven on the air. And as a result of this, I cannot ever take Spike seriously. Yeah. yeah. I also came in knowing that he's a he's a good guy. Yeah. He becomes the funny neighbor, right? Right. Very much <laughs> who, so. Who just shits on them. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, season two, you're just like, aw, look at you. <laughs> look at you being all evil. Isn't that nice? So I come at this from a slightly different standpoint. I watched it... Back in 2009, for the first time, I would have started season one, episode one, and gone through, uh, I think I got to about halfway through season seven in, let's say, six months to a year. I'm not a binge watcher. Mm -hmm. Uh, I took my time. I enjoyed it thoroughly, but then something else came up, or uh, I lost interest and sort of had to stop watching for a little while. And now... In 2016, we are revisiting it. <laughs> so, you've never finished season seven? Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought that you had never begun season seven, and like. I made it at least to Once More with Feeling. That's season I knew six. that was coming. That's season but, six, yeah. Oh, no. So, I, like, I was under <sighs> the impression you had never begun season seven. <laughs> I think that's accurate. <laughs> okay, cool. I think I've watched until halfway through season six. Oh, that's even better. So, hmm. I was going to ask if you know what happens at the end of uh, season six, but if you don't, I can't tell you. <laughs> I, I really don't. Okay, cool. This will be very fascinating. But yes, Absolutely I'm coming not. at this from a bit more of a, a, a new person perspective. I'm not entirely new to it, but my memory will be very hazy. You're newish. Mm-hmm. 2009 is a long time ago. Longer than we care to admit, I would say. Seven years <laughs> is longer than basically all of my memory. So, Oh, for yeah. sure. I have the worst memory. Mm. So this is episode one. It is Welcome to the Hellmouth on Welcome to the Hellmouth. We are very creative that way. 
It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, not a lot happens in this episode. It's it's very much, let's get into the characters, who they are, and like that's basically it. And they do a good job of that. Yeah. But let's let's run down what does happen in the episode just quickly. Season 1, Episode 1. Welcome to the Hellmouth. Original air date, March 10th, 1997. Quick couple questions. How old are people in this episode? Oh, God. I love it so much. I mean, obviously, Giles and uh, Christine Sutherland are reasonable ages. They are surprisingly age-appropriate. So, Giles and uh, Joyce Summers, Buffy's mom. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, right. I'm all about the actor names. I know know. everyone's actor name, obviously. Yeah, so Giles born in 54... This episode's 97, so that's math. Sutherland born in 55, uh, 55 yeah, yeah, the year after. So pretty reasonable stuff. Uh, Buffy is a 16-year-old high school student. Yeah, and she's she's doing okay. She was she's born 20. in 77, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty close. That's, that's pretty close, close enough, yeah. Cordelia is one of her <laughs> classmates. I was so shocked. I didn't think that she she's was... 27? I didn't think she was that old. Like 27, right? She's 27. She's so that's the older oldest. than either of us, right? I'm or, 27 now. You, yeah, you're the same. Yeah. But, yeah, no. So you, but playing a high school student. Right. And then, I mean, Xander is 26, so. Wow. Willow is also quite old. Yeah, no, Willow is shockingly old. She's 23, I think, when this happens. And you would guess she was the youngest, probably. Oh, absolutely. She looks the most convincingly high school-aged of anyone in this show. No, That I've sure. seen. She just has, like, baby face. Very much baby face. Yeah, and then Angel is uh, 28. But he's supposed to be several hundred years old. God only knows how <laughs> old he's supposed to be. I think he's, like, 17, 18, 19 range when he gets turned. That's not accurate. Right. So... <laughs> Unless they just age very slowly. So yeah, we've got anyways. we've got sort of a jump street situation mm-hmm. where people who are older than they should be, or a Dawson's Creek, I guess. I uh, mean, as an eleven year old, I thought that they looked that, like high school on, age, on right? And at I this was, point, I cannot tell weird. the difference between like high school age. I definitely can. Mm-hmm. We've got this this gang of lovely people. And this episode is primarily about introducing them and just getting them to meet. To form the gang, as, as it were. The Scooby Gang. Yeah, the Scooby Gang. I don't even know when they actually start using that term. I don't I think it's no for idea. a long time. <laughs> Probably not. Just a quick rundown of the episode. We start out with a cold open, like only older TV shows had. Oh yeah, uh, so good. That's really good, honestly. It's... A it's guy kind and a girl. of the thesis of the show. It very much is. It encapsulates yeah. everything. A guy and yeah. a girl breaking into a school. Uh, the guy used to go here. They are implying that it's they're there for makeouts. The girl <laughs> starts hearing noises and is all scared. The guy's reassuring her. Boom. Girl's a vampire. Yeah. And she's a spooky vampire. She's a very then... spooky vampire with a weird old face on her. Well, eventually, once she turns all vampire-y. Initially, she's... You know, a 30-year-old. Yeah, and the vamp makeup early on is pretty rough, gotta say. It's rough for both the audience and the actors. I think this is a good time for our first segment. Um, (laughs) Now, this is a little segment, a fan favorite, called Speaking Like Sean. Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the sky. (laughs) And I'd like you to give the 
uh, listeners at home just a brief summary of what right. this is. Everyone should know at this point. Well, but. I mean, as as the name of this segment would suggest, mm-hmm. uh, it is about how people sound when they are in the vampire makeup. Because they sound like a really, really bad impression of Sean Connery most of the time. Yeah, so I know later on, the, like, main vamps who are going to have dialogue get, like, special things made that fit their teeth. And if you're, if anyone's, like, a side vampire and has no dialogue, they just have the shitty ones that don't really work and, like, are not allowed to speak. Yep. So it may be at this point that they had not figured that out yet. Well, at this point, I think, from what I've read, Joss was more concerned about having monstrous vampires that didn't look like he was making a show about murdering teenagers. Right. Okay. So That's good. I like that. They just wanted monstrous makeup. They didn't care about monstrous and legible. <laughs> Functionality was not high. Functionality on was very low on the list. Yeah. So you've got any of the vampires. Darla, the the girl in the opening, actually wears hers pretty well. Doesn't talk a lot, which helps. But we're going to meet some other people that just good old melty face, the main villains you know, lead helper in these t- couple episodes. Uh, Luke is Luke. his actual name. Yeah. He comes he, back later. He is melty as hell. Yeah. And he cannot talk. No. No, But, like, not his neck is so gigantic. He's like... very melty-faced, but big muscle. That's yeah. what I've got for uh, for next episode, <laughs> where he takes his jacket off, and you're like, damn. You're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's why you're here. So we've got this nice little cold open that sort of sets up the theme of the show. It's going to be inverting a lot of the standard horror tropes. And this is really what Buffy is. It's the standard horror turned on its head where suddenly the young girl goes down the alley and instead of getting killed by the monster is the one doing the killing or the slaying. Yeah, he felt bad for the girl. He was like, why doesn't she get to punch the guy back? And this is actually a theme that sort of carries over through the entire series, but especially in season one, they're often just taking monster-like movies and remaking them in the Buffyverse, where yeah. suddenly the monster gets their comeuppance. Which is good, yeah. but uh, doesn't always work, as we will see. <laughs> no. After a cold open, we get a quick shot of Buffy. She's a quote-quote teenager. Uh <laughs> <laughs> She's having some bad dreams. She, Ooh, prophecy dreams, yeah. Uh, prophecy dreams. So good. Gets waken up by her mom and you don't want to miss the first day of school. No, she doesn't. First day at her new school is, I think. Her new school, yes. Yeah, I think they stress don't that Don't be late for hard. her new school. Mm-hmm. Going to her new school, we meet Xander, who you know is the cool guy because he's on a skateboard. <laughs> Why is he on a skateboard? I've read that this is the only time he's pictured <laughs> on a skateboard. He's in never the entire on a skateboard series. Again. And there's good reason. It's real bad. Real bad skateboard shooting. So that that sh- that first shot where yep. like he's moving and Joss is moving with the yep. camera back. Yeah. So in the like special features commentary whatever, Joss is like, "Hey, this was a mistake. <laughs> I never did it again. I didn't it's know what I was so doing." It's a mistake. And then it turns around and you've got the first person from Xander's viewpoint. <sighs> Of people just jumping out of the way of him on his <laughs> skateboard. Uh, God. It's anyway. so bad. Uh, Xander is the cool kid. He's on a skateboard. The coolest. He is a guy that's 
but not super cool because he's not good at skateboarding. That's what we know about him. He's trying to be cool. Right. Uh, he's caught gawking at Buffy, but not by any human. In fact, by a guardrail <laughs> that knocks him off the skateboard in a comedic pratfall. Mm-hmm. And this lets us introduce Willow. Willow is a very cute girl. And I feel so much better saying that about a 23-year-old than I do about a 16-year-old. Right. It'd be Jeez. super creepy if she was 16. Yeah. But she is introduced as talking to Xander even after he's fallen in a very comical fashion. They clearly know each other. Uh, and I like the... I'm not sure if you caught the symbolism here, but she's above Xander when they first are introduced. Oh, yeah. I think this symbolizes her magic powers or her smarts. <laughs> I mean, girl power, yeah. Oh, that is actually a theme of the show, though. Yeah. I don't think this is this shot is doing that. No. I think this is just a practical, like, she's on some steps. Anyway. <laughs> Authorial intent doesn't necessarily matter, but this, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, right away, we're like, oh, look, Xander's into Buffy. She doesn't notice him. Willow is clearly into Xander. Very and he is oblivious. And it's, yeah. it's like, smack dab. It's first just the minute fastest, that we're seeing these yeah, people. It's the fastest oh, yeah. I've seen a love triangle set up ever. Oh, yeah. It's just God. like, here's what we're doing. I have a lot yeah. to say about what Will is wearing for the first day of school, but we'll get mm. to that. We'll we'll hold off on that. That's yep. a segment that you don't want to stumble onto too early. No, no, we got to save it. Uh, here we are introduced to Jesse as well. Um, Jesse is a tall, young student. He's very tall. He's very tall. Yeah. He says what's on his mind. <laughs> Frankly, I, I like Jesse. Would you like to hear a fun fact about Jesse? Absolutely. Joss desperately wanted to put him in the opening sequence. In like I've the, heard this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to basically fuck with the audience right. was his but, intention. But let's not... I mean, Jesse's obviously going to be the, the real star of this show. By season two, it'll be Jesse the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> We're going ahead with this. I mean, yeah, JVS. I like it. Yeah. He's the, the coolest guy. And I'm not just saying that because he reminds me a lot of me. He's uh, very you. He's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that tough to see the guy that you related to because he looks like you? I mean, I'm not... <laughs> he is fine and he we'll will get be there. Right. the vampire slayer in season no, two. No jumping ahead here. Okay. He is the Kwisatz Haderach. He is the one male slayer that was prophesied. That's just, wow, let's just like, throw everything we know away, right? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> fuck what this show's about. <laughs> Female empowerment? This guy seems cool anyway. Man. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know anything about the comics. If that is like a plot line in mm. any, like, I would just be horrified. Yeah, that'd be terrible. We then get a nice quick scene with Mr. Flutie, who I have in my notes as the flutester. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, he's just welcoming Buffy to the new school. Oh, oh, Very and sweet. this this begins. So I have a couple of things through this episode that like come back a bunch of times. Oh yeah. Uh, this is my this is my favorite one. So b- this is the Buffy is really bad at not talking about her secret identity. Oh my god! Thing, right? This, yeah, I didn't make a segment out of this, but holy <laughs> Jesus, dropping the B word early. And like, let's not let's not even pretend that she's like. The, the gym was full of uh, asbestos. No, no, no. She's like, the gym was full of well, vampire vamp- asbestos. <laughs> like, okay, he knows what you were going to say. But, oh, oh no. 
that was poorly done. So every time, yeah, no, I'll I'll just keep bringing these up as we uh, as we get to them. Because yeah, it does happen. It doesn't happen as many times in the first two episodes as I it thought. It happens a lot in this episode. Okay, it does. It happens a couple times. It's it's really just like they're driving it home. That yeah, that she is vampires. Right? In case like, yeah, you we'll, didn't know, we will see this. <laughs> also, it's named Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and this girl's name is Buffy. They do have I, a, a quick out. a quick little thing like, what kind of name is Buffy? Oh, God. Did you catch the name of the girl who says that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the joke, right? What's Aphrodisia. Her... <laughs> right. Right. So she's just walking yeah. by bitching about Buffy. <laughs> what kind of a stupid name is Buffy? And one of her friends reaches out and, gre- and greets her. Hey, Aphrodisia. Hey. <laughs> so we've met... Oh, yeah, Buffy and Xander have their first, like, actually talking introduction here, in which Xander comes on way too strong. Oh, oh. he's so awkward. It's, and it's so awful. Just... So, the first I, line I... he says to her is, can I have you? Oh, it's, it's... I just... So, like, so many times in these first two episodes, I just wrote fucking Xander in my fucking notes. Fucking Xander! Like, what is wrong with him? I wanted to have a Xander the Mander segment, but, like, <laughs> nothing no. he does is no. good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and they here meet. she drops her stake right. and leaves it, forgets yep. that it's there. Xander's like, oh, what's this? A stake? Goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this also leads into a bunch of Xander being surprisingly clueless about shit Ugh. that, oh, man, populates this first couple episodes yep. at least. Buffy also meets Cordelia who mm-hmm. is strangely nice to her, just straight off the bat, for what a bitchy character we'll find out Cordelia is. She, like, lets Buffy share in her book. Yeah. Which seems, yeah, whatever. Anyway, she's nice to the new cute girl who's from L.A. I, I think guess. that's what it is, right? Yeah. She She's heard Buffy's from L.A., and she's like, okay, that seems like it's cool. Other people right. will think that's cool. And new girl, you know, mysterious. She wants a little bit of that hype, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we meet Cordelia. Cordelia is very mean to Willow. Mm-hmm. And Willow, I have to say, again, very cute. But <laughs> now this this might lead into stuff that you're talking about. Willow's made fun of because of the way she dresses. I'm not <laughs> sure Cordelia is in a place to throw stones right now. Oh, God. Cordelia's outfit is my number one outfit her in this gr- episode. Her bright the- green pants? Mm. Oh, yeah. Everything about it is so 90s. She's got, like, Fuck a crop saying... top. Oh, God. Tank top under a partially buttoned dress shirt that's see-through. Mm. Oh, no. It's all so good. <laughs> so, her coming up and saying to Willow that her clothes aren't very good. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Listen, it was the 90s. It was the 90s. Cordelia looks amazing for the 90s. <laughs> Cordelia is also 27. <laughs> Making fun of a girl who plausibly looks 16. <laughs> it's beyond mean. Yeah. And it, I mean, it comes across as very mean, which is what they were going for. It does. So, mission accomplished. Uh, we also hear for the first time about the Bronze, which is oh. the coolest club in all of Sunnydale? Are we in yes. Sunnydale? Yes. What's the school called? It is called... Sunnydale, is it Sunnydale High. High? Yeah, yes. okay. That's that confused me. I thought they were going to be different names, but they were the same. They are the same. Anyway, this the introduction of the bronze uh, takes us to a segment that I like to call Streets Ahead. Streets Ahead is verbal wildfire. Does it just mean cool or is it supposed to be like miles ahead? <sighs> if you have to ask, your street's fine. 
Jesus. Now, Michaela, could you uh, could you remind our listeners what happens in Streets Ahead? Well, in Streets Ahead, we learn uh, which characters are ahead of the curve in coolness factor. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> You'll have to keep up better next time. It's, I expect it's hard to keep all of our segments straight. Honestly, the fans keep them straight all the time. I don't understand why it's hard for you. Streets Ahead is, of course, as all of our diehards will know, the segment in which we talk about all of the ridiculous slang that people are using. And this episode has what I would have to describe as a corker. I'll save that for last. I'm sure you know what it is as well. But let's just say that the, the bronze is introduced as being still the scene. Ooh, uh, yeah. We hear people say, what's the sitch? I'm <laughs> way sure. The chatter in the calf. I got a book. <laughs> and then do you want to just lay the cherry on top of this and tell me what the best slang of the episode is? The best slang of the episode. You didn't catch it? Good God. <laughs> so Aphrodisia comes in making fun of Buffy, says the chatter in the calf is she got kicked out of her old school, and her friend responds, Neg, pause, Neg Lee. So Neg, pause, Neg Lee. I I can't find any other reference to this. The 90s slang did feel very, very forced to me. Yeah. Someone was like, this is how teenagers talk. And I don't recall the the rest of everything being that bad. But I mean... We'll oh, see. There's also, uh, you look like DeBarge at some point, and I have no idea what that means. Feels like a pop that's, culture it's a reference. a topical reference, yeah. Yeah, and that that's we're just not. 20 years old. Yeah, that's right. So, it is 20 years old. Holy right. God. Um, yeah, Neg Paws Negly is the best slang I have ever encountered in my life. I, I, I think I blocked that out, if I'm being honest, because it was horrific. It's real good. More Everyone horrific than the body that then fell out of the locker. Yeah. Which is, of course, the guy from the opening scene. Drained of all his blood. So my student body yeah, count is at one. Oh. Oh, interesting. I like this. It's good, right? So uh, I have some, I'm have i having some troubles with it. I was going to call it body count. Then I was like, student body count is way better. Yeah. But, like, he's not really a student. And, like, no. some, some people are going to die later who are not going to be students. Yeah. So I'm torn. Hmm. All right, we'll keep it at one for now and see if we need to revise it later. But yes, they, they find a corpse. This leads to, yeah, just some more... Oh, man, Xander coming on way too strong. I wrote fuck oh, Xander in my notes God, a second no. time. Because <laughs> Willow and Buffy are having a nice lunch, and Jesse and Xander comes up, come up. And Z- uh, Jesse's playing it pretty cool. And Xander is just, like, way too close to Buffy. Everything about it's super weird. It's terrible. He He's a bad person who should feel bad. At some point in this scene, or maybe a previous scene, I don't know, I, but I wrote down Starbucks reference count is at two. Because oh. there were at least two Starbucks references. Xander calls it a one Starbucks town. Mm-hmm. And then earlier, Buffy says something to Cordelia about Starbucks. There's definitely a Frappuccino reference. Yes, maybe that was it. That's um, okay. Yeah, So it, which seems like a lot of Starbucks references for one episode. Sponsor? Maybe sponsor. Maybe. Interesting. And then, well, and then Cordelia shows up and is being mean again. And and Jesse asks if she needs a shoulder to cry on or, or at least nibble, nibble on. on. <laughs> 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 and you're just like, is that, is that a thing? I've been doing it wrong. 
Yeah, I've never, I've never had that happen personally. That's not like a scenario that goes through my head, <laughs> right? No. Like, right, uh, and so this is another point at which point Buffy is is getting pretty weird. Oh, super weird! Oh yeah. God, because asking about the body. Yep, she has so many questions about the dead guy. Yeah, and everyone's there like, any "Marks." This is pretty weird, Buffy. She's right? like, "Okay, but were there marks?" <laughs> For your first day, <laughs> might want to tone it down. Oh, and we... Sorry, I skipped right over... Uh, she goes to, to meet Giles before this. No, this is after it. She, I think she meets Giles after that. Anyway, she meets Doesn't Giles matter. at some yeah. point. Giles' introduction Looks like a serial killer. Strange. Yeah. Because yeah, he has... A clipping on his... On, like, the librarian's desk. Giles is the librarian, of course. <laughs> He's just left a newspaper on the library counter... Oh, yeah. That has a new story about missing boys that are still gone, and he circled it in red. Oh, it's just the creepiest. And then he creeps up on Buffy from yep. behind <laughs> yep. for no goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really weird introduction to a character that is much better than that. No, it's, and it, it's sort of, I don't know if it's supposed to make him seem like. I mean, at this point, he doesn't know what he's doing, and maybe he's kind of getting desperate because he's worried about something, you know, mystical convergence and everything. Yeah. But, like, then he... Because at one point, he then follows her out of the library and is, like, standing too close to her. And, like, catches her, like, physically grabs her wrist as she is walking away from him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 100%, 100% bad. Makes a lot of oblique references. This is the one place where talking about vampires would make a lot of sense. Because well, he's the watcher. Well, he doesn't talk about vampires. Only Buffy talks loudly about vampires, right? But, oh, I guess because he knows that Xander is there? I don't know. But does he? Because... No, he can't. Because how would, could he have missed He would show that? up. <laughs> right? Anyway, so... Like, how did he not know that Xander was there? It doesn't make any sense. So they're in the library, they're talking, Giles is making, for some reason, oblique references to Buffy being the Slayer, mm-hmm. like, pulling out a book on vampires, and she's like, oh, I'm not interested in that, and he's like, are you sure? <laughs> Which just, say you're her watcher, man. She's had watchers. Yeah, you are a watcher. Dealio. Like, <laughs> this is not a complicated introduction. He's taken aback that she isn't, like, hyped about it at first, I guess? I, I don't know. I, who would be? Right? Yeah. Especially, like, he knows what happened to her last watcher. I don't, but... I mean, he died. The movie's not good. Don't watch it. (laughs) But, you know, somehow Donald Sutherland is killed. Fair. Yeah. But anyways, he doesn't know Xander's there. Xander learns everything. Xander overhears everything about vampires and Mm -hmm. is like, what could this mean? I've got written in my notes that vampires equals bad. Which is actually a theme that we'll see quite a bit through this series, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, it came up far more than I thought it would. Because, like, yeah, vampires are bad. They really hammer at home. I mean, we currently are living in a vampire-saturated world. Mm. And 20 years ago, vampires were not as hip or cool as they are today. True. So True. I feel like they really had to be like, hey guys, don't worry, vampires equal evil. Right. So, anyway, we've got Xander. He knows all the secrets. Does he believe them? Dun, dun, dun. Spoiler No, not really, for whatever reason. Anyway. Because he's the worst? That's yeah, why. Yeah, because he's the worst. Buffy goes home to get made up for the bronze. And when picking out an outfit... 
Has two to choose from. Yep. Two lovely outfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, of course, is not really noteworthy. It's pretty yeah. frumpy. It's frumpy makes her look like a Jehovah's Witness. Yep. The other one. Hi, I'm an enormous slut. Yeah, so that does happen. And if you said that on TV now, <laughs> like, let's just, if the main female <laughs> character of your show called herself an enormous slut, I, I just... would be fine. I'm, ah. And, like, Joss is all about the feminism. Yep. And I, I, she, that's a dress she owns, so yep. she must have purchased it. What is the dress? It's like some sort of black pleather. I, I, yeah, it's at least pleather. It's, yeah, and it's probably pretty revealing, yep. let's be honest. But Does not have shoulders, that's for no, sure. No, no. But, you know, if another person had been wearing that and somebody was like, man, that girl looks like an enormous <laughs> slut. <laughs> it's different when you call yourself an enormous slut, I think. A little? But anyways, I, I was... Yeah, taken aback for sure. Yeah. So also in this scene, her mom comes up to her and says, I know, you're 16, which, uh, yeah, can't, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, a lot of vampire slip-ups. Like, hang she was out with hanging out with living. the wrong crowd. Yeah, now she's going to hang out with the living. I mean, the lively. And, and Joyce is just like, oh, my crazy daughter. Right? She's always uh, saying the weirdest girls. stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, so we get that Buffy had fallen in with the wrong crowd. She was killing vampires back wherever she was before. Everyone thought it was just, like, her hanging out with goth kids and then burning a gym down. Which I guess. is the, the event that, because it was filled with vampires. Right, uh, yeah. Asbestos. Well, and in the, the, like, vampire lore of the movie doesn't actually match up with vampire lore of the show. No. Because in the movie, they, vampires don't turn to dust. Right. And they can fly. I'm actually surprised that they took anything from the movie. I was just figuring this was like noodle incident, like it happened a while ago. We're not talking about it. Yeah, they kind of like, I think they wanted to say, yeah, that existed in case anyone had seen it. And that's right. why they were watching the show. Yeah, fair. I guess it was five years previous. Yeah, that that came the, out. Whole, the whole idea of the Hellmouth is mm -hmm. uh, very central to the show and right. is new for the show. And that's kind of part of how they sold it to the network because it's like, you know, why are all these bad things happening in this one place? Oh, yeah. here's a convenient reason. Speaking of the Hellmouth, we, as Buffy is going to the bronze <laughs> to meet up with all of her cool friends, oh, yeah. we get the, one of the most cardboardy scenes that might be intended to be flirty. I don't know. Between Angel and Buffy. Angel, of course, being this really creepy stalkery dude who is just following Buffy around during the night because why not yeah i wrote that his i wrote and uh, angel's first scene is following buffy what a shocker <laughs> because that and he's super cryptic like this is kind of how he rolls in yeah. the first season yeah he's very cryptic he doesn't give a lot of solid information you don't even learn his name this episode he just shows up he says he's a friend he says he's a friend but not necessarily a buffy's <laughs> He gives Buffy a necklace, in the, like a silver cross necklace that we'll see on her for the rest of time. I mean, which, she just like puts that thing on. She's oh, like, yeah. oh man, some guy in an alley gave this to me. Better Fuck wear yeah. it forever. Which, 
considering the amount of haunted jewelry in this show, doesn't seem like a good idea. He makes reference to the mouth of hell. This is the hell mouth and the harvest. Which oh yeah, is he says the harvest is coming. Dun, dun, dun. And like, okay, maybe because Xander was so not smooth, Angel was way smoother than Xander, yes. but it's a low bar to clear. Very low bar. And his acting in this first scene is not... <laughs> it's rough. It is. Yeah. Anyway, Buffy goes down the alley one way, comes out of it from the same direction as far as I can tell, and is <laughs> on to the bronze. I mean, okay, presumably she went down the alley to, to trap... To lead, yeah, to yeah. lead Angel down there, So she could beat him up in the alley. Which kind of worked. She kicked him in the back of the head, but he was pretty okay with it. Yeah, they, they really are into the... It's very gymnastic fighting yeah. a lot of the time in this first uh, season. Oh, it's also so slow. Oh, mm-hmm. God. They eventually get fight choreographers and things get so much better, but for And now, they start to get have banter during the fight. Yeah. Like, until that point, the fights are hard to watch. Oh, so bad. We get to the bronze. Uh, playing at the bronze is great music. Sprung Monkey is their name. Oh, God. They are <laughs> very 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are very 90s. They are wearing shorts. Oh, oh, they are. Very long hair and usually a bit of beard. But not like much dirty Maybe just beard. mustache. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's dirty. And dress shirts. Yeah. But like it's... not good dress shirts. Oh, it's and pretty amazingly nineties. Yeah. I've I've got written here that Giles is a is a super creeper. Oh uh, yep. All of the guys in this episode have to get their turn. Even Jesse, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> but Jesse comes up to Cordelia, who seems to say that he's a stalker, which I let's be very clear, I don't don't support it at all. I don't think... I think she might be overstating things a little bit. I mean, she doesn't know what stalking is like. No. She's never met Angel, right? <laughs> very true. Anyway, he's a straight talker, asks Cordelia if she wants to dance. She very rudely rejects him, and he just sort of backs down, and he's very tall. And I'm like, you know, Jesse, you're all right. You feel Jesse's plight is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Apparently this interaction was based on... An interaction that Joss had with a girl when he was young. And I can so believe that. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Buffy tells Willow to believe in herself because Willow's also at the bronze and feeling down about Xander and boys in general. What is that sweater she's wearing? I don't care so much about the sweater. She has a very well-acted scene in a pretty middling episode. Yeah, no. That, she's always like, crushing it, let's be she honest. She is always crushing it. Allison Hannigan? Yeah, man. Just so good. And talking about getting nervous with boys and how she and Xander used to date when they were five. So like, did you kind of get the vibe that she had been into Xander since she was five? Yeah. Because, you know, that's a long time. Yeah, but for a like childhood friend that you've grown up with and are still hanging out with. I suppose that's not unreasonable, but then yeah. it makes me sad. <laughs> Very much so, but Willow is not a happy character. She can't no. talk when she's around a boy she likes. Yeah. That's which true. maybe excludes Xander a little bit. I mean, she does seem to say things to him. Not, yeah, not great things generally, but I mean, yeah, things. things. Yeah. Which is better than no things. Yeah. Buffy has told Willow to, you know, seize go out and the moment. seize the moment and then goes up to talk to Giles, who she sees creeping around. <laughs> Only to he's see... Just, what's he doing? I don't know what he's doing. He's uh, This is like one of the only times he's in the bronze ever. Yeah. 
Definitely, because it's <laughs> fucking creepy as fuck. Okay. Yes, because he's 43 and he's hanging he's... around with a bunch of kids. He, yeah, no, it's wrong. It's yeah. real wrong. Right, so Buffy is up on some scaffolding talking to Giles and has a great view of what is clearly a vampire based on his clothes talking to a girl. Girl turns out to be Willow, sad face. Gasp. Gotta go rescue her. Uh, Giles has this really nice, like, should I stay or should I go moment where he's like, he starts to go down the stairs after Buffy and then catches himself and is like, what am I doing? No, I should be. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Uh, let's leave. Mm, that's some nice, nice subtle shit right there. Yeah, it's like three seconds of him just being like, what? <laughs> so, something bad is happening and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, which I think is fair because he's probably not had a lot of experience with situations like this in the real world. No. He's just got his book learning, right? Buffy threatens Cordelia as oh, yeah. she thinks that Cordelia might be a vampire. Oh, it's so good. And after that, <laughs> Cordelia says that she has to call everyone she knows. And we just get a nice shot of her pulling out a very old cell phone and immediately pulling out the antenna on it. Which, like, mm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that after this we just forget that she has a cell phone because yeah. I'm fairly certain there are situations she gets into where like having a it cell phone would helpful. probably be pretty helpful. Yeah, if any of these characters had cell phones, that would be great. Yeah. And then we go but, to the vampires. But we also see Jesse talking to Darla, who we right. know is a vampire. Everyone's and in trouble. that makes me sad. And I'm like, no, Jesse. Yes. So yeah, he's in trouble. Then we go to the vampires. Yeah, oh. we need- We've we seen that Melty effect. Face for a little while ago. Yeah. Jesus, green screen master much. <laughs> oh. Rising out of that blood. Oh, it's so bad, though. I loved it so much. It's Yeah, so the master is supposed to, supposed to be rising out of a pool of blood mm-hmm. for, like, effects reasons. They couldn't do this practically. It just didn't work. So they had him green screening up. Out of this pool of blood and very the clipping on it is very bad. Oh, God. <laughs> but Melty Face is there. He has successfully awoken his master or something. Uh, Melty Face being the biggest vampire that we've seen so far. Yeah, and they're they're pretty happy to see each other, sort of. Yeah. Oh, man. Mark Metcalf, the master. His mm. hand game is so good. Oh, wow. His hands yeah. are amazing. Everything he he's will doing. Just present oh. them to anyone who comes near him so that they can be kissed. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. He just yeah. uh anything doesn't matter what he's doing, his hands are doing something cool. We should mention that the master's trapped underground, master being an old vampire, trapped yes. underground and sort of just chilling there as far as we know. I don't think we've gotten the full explanation of that until the next episode. No, a... but you know, he wants to he seems to be important. Yeah. Everyone's and, like Oh, he can't leave underground. Right. He's running up against he's, this force field. He's stuck, yeah. yeah. He wants to get out. There's a priest running around in the background. Is there? I yeah. That. There are two scenes with him, and then he never comes back. So it's, it is a church that they're in. I have no idea why the priest is there and not freaking the hell out. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, Luke, the melty face man. Yeah. He's like weirdly got some sort of religious vibe. Yeah, but, he keeps saying amen to things, which... Well, and he, and he says things in sort of a religious cadence. Yeah. And then, yeah, says Amen inexplicably. I don't know what that whole thing's about. I would have thought they would not like that, demons, but, you know, whatever. It's evil god. Yeah. I guess that's the devil. 
Good. Couldn't throw in a Hail Satan at the end there, though. I don't know. Amen is the best thing they got. So we've got all of our characters posed, uh, or poised, sorry. We've got Willow being dragged off into the graveyard by her paramour, who is a vampire. And she's, like, not on board, but... She's not on board, but, like, the vampire really says rape thing is coming on really strong oh, here. Oh, yeah. It's which, real bad. Yeah, that's generally a thing that we'll see in the future, but... That, like, he's sort of throwing her around. He throws her into a mausoleum. Um, Jesse shows up with Darla. Jesse's been bit, mm-hmm. which is very sad. Things are looking pretty dire as they're talking about being fed to the master. Yeah, and then, then Buffy, Buffy shows, shows up, up to save, save the day. Yeah. I don't I don't know how she got there. Doesn't matter. Oh, she... she ran into... Yeah, she ran into Xander briefly and was like, no, vampires are real. I need to save Willow. Yeah, and then... Somehow she tracked them. She's she knows the vampires like the survival check. Yeah, Yeah. right. That's good. Let's let's bring that in. (laughs) (laughs) People are going to respond to that. (laughs) Mm, We love D and D things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Yeah. so so, so, somehow she's she's shown up there. Maybe she does have her vampire senses that Giles says she's supposed to have. That's true. She was able to find the vampires that way. Uh, Or maybe she just followed Jesse and his slow ass because he was bleeding quite a bit. She shows up, stakes the guy that Willow was with, and we see the first true dusting of a vampire. Where it's, it's, it's not bad, you know? It's not bad. It's surprisingly yeah. good. They got better at it as time went on. but No, but like for a first go? Yeah. And guy like falls down to the ground. Ago? Yeah. Poof. Not bad. Everything is dust, including the stake, I think. The stake always goes Yeah. Through. Yeah. Like, well, and all the clothes get consumed, too. Which so. <laughs> is better than having 15 minutes at the end of every episode. Where they clean up bodies. Right? No one wants to see that. No It's one. always a bit awkward when they kill something that doesn't disappear. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, shit, what do we do with this now? <laughs> Guess we gotta get rid of it. <laughs> right? Dexter it? Yeah. So Buffy's kicking some vampire ass. Willow and uh, Jesse escape, aided mm-hmm. by... I think Xander might be there? I think he shows up. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't do they, much, but he's run. like, oh, Willow. Oh, he sees enough to make him know that vampires are real. Right, now he's on board. Yeah, finally. Jesus. Actually, I think she still has to talk him into it a little bit in the next episode. Probably. Yeah, and so I had a lot of problems with this whole fight sequence. (laughs) With the Buffy versus Luke, or... Well, so, in this scene, Darla seems pretty confused about why Buffy is so strong. And, like, I know that all the stuff that hasn't happened yet isn't canon yet, Uh but Darla should know about Slayers. And mm. she should probably be like, this is a youngish girl who knows what she's doing and is super strong, probably a slayer. Like, that's those aren't hard pieces to fit together. Yeah. But my absolute favorite moment mm-hmm. was when she was starting to lose to Luke and he like he's like got her by the cuff of her shirt or whatever. Yeah. And he takes the stake out of her hand and breaks it. Yeah. And all he did was make more stakes. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, he snaps it in half <laughs> i guess two now yeah. there now there are two stakes but like... for some reason this ruins all the stakes <laughs> i just i couldn't handle that yeah <laughs> so, so buffy and luke are fighting uh luke throws buffy into a coffin that he is now opened mm-hmm. and she's in there next to a gross body yep and then he jumps in and cliffhanger 
cliffhanger. We fucking cliffhanger the episode. We don't know what happens. I mean, probably Jesse shows up, kills all the vampires, <laughs> is the next Slayer, takes over from Buffy. You're really Team Jesse on this. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> I'm so Team Jesse. Yeah. God, so yeah. good. Well, so in the, I mean, like having the cliffhanger is a little silly because they showed this as like a back to back. Yeah. Both these episodes have the same air date. So <laughs> people people found out what was going to happen pretty fast. Right. And but maybe they didn't fine. leave, you know? Yeah. So maybe that, it, I don't know. No, I think having a cliffhanger here is fine. You're doing a double length episode. You want to give people a, a sense that, yes, it is coming back. And the next thing they watch will also be this. I guess it's continuous. Yeah. Yeah. It, so okay that's true that's, that's a good point so yeah that's and that's pretty much it so i think we covered most that what was we wanted very in depth yeah i i already went over my outfits my outfit choices <laughs> right briefly. what is what is number one for the is, okay it's cordelia Cordelia, 100 percent. yeah, 100%, yeah. Okay. and i mean like that's just to me those pants uh it's oh all God. about those pants and then I was, I mean, I was into Willow's orange sweater, but I actually think that what Buffy is wearing at the beginning is just so 90s. <laughs> when she's got her, like, crop top, short sleeve cardigan, and, like, her dark miniskirt, and tall so, leathery boots. It is so miniskirt, too. Oh, yeah. And, that like, she's got a sweet a hair clip happening. Her hair throughout these episodes Ooh, is, um... They're amazing, yeah. So amazing. <laughs> and then, uh, I, I've got Willow's outfit in there, too, because... It's not that it's like particularly nineties, but this this whole outfit thing comes up again. Oh. It's it's sort of like um it becomes kind of a symbol of this is what you were on the first day of school. Right. Look how much of a nerd you were, and I can't like how could you have worn this to school? Cause you know, it's it's not flattering. It's like this heavy greenish kind of plaid thing dress. Was it wool? Who knows? Yeah. And she's over... got like like, uh, like long sleeve white shirt and like white stockings. Yeah. And she has a sweater tied around her waist on top of all of this. <laughs> She's in, in case California. She gets cold. <laughs> right? Isn't she sweating? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is in California. <laughs> Why does anyone have a sweater in this show? Maybe it's Northern California. I don't know. <laughs> so, speaking of California, did you have any idea what the accents were at the very, like the, in the cold open? No. Because I gotta say, I don't think they're California. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're very strange. Who knows what they were doing? A lot of this comes from me not being Californian and having no contact with true Valley girls. So a lot of these things seem just overly strange. Well, and actually in the movie, uh, mm -hmm. Buffy is like a Valley girl to start yeah. off with. Sarah Michelle Gellar apparently just did not know any of the Valley Girl-ness because she's from New York. So she came over and apparently one of the first things she said in her audition was, what does this mean when the character says, what's the sitch? <laughs> Which I think is just totes adorbs. Yeah, totes adorbs. Mm. I mean, I guess she didn't have the internet, so she didn't know all the hip slang from the right? other side of the country. Yeah. Also, shortening words unnecessarily. Oh. Maybe yeah. wasn't as big a thing back then. Probably not. I mean, it's a obviously it's a huge thing now. It's yeah. We're so into it. Yeah. They said um, "gives me the Wiggins" in this episode, <laughs> which is a very Buffy word. Yeah. I don't think it's a particularly '90s word. 
I'm very familiar with it. But again, I think <laughs> that's because of Buffy more so than it actually being slang. Buffy speak is always great because you know what it means. Yeah. It's kind of Lewis Carroll-y in that way where I'm not sure if I've heard Wiggins before, but mm-hmm. in the context of gives me the Wiggins, it's yeah. so clear what she means. This episode is really good for setting up a lot of the relationships that we'll see. Xander is just really weird, and Giles is not very well portrayed in this episode. This is the least Giles yeah. Giles has ever been. Absolutely. And I and think like a at lot one of that's point, just writing or yeah, direction. For sure. And at one point, they, they just, they really start to push, like, oh, he's really British. Ha ha. Yeah. Isn't that amusing? That, that comes next episode in one of the very good lines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a weird episode for Xander and Giles. Willow gets set up quite nicely, although I didn't remember how much of a... I guess it's not in this episode, it's in the next one. She's a pretty big computer whiz. But here she's just... <laughs> I knew you were going to be pretty on board with that. <laughs> Very on board. Here, at least, she is just a smart girl who is yes. more than willing to help out her friends or anyone who seems like they might be her friends. And very much shies away from conflict as, like, Cordelia comes up to Buffy and Willow more or less just blurts out, we're not hanging out. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. I liked liked that a lot. Yeah. Because it's just, she's so genuinely afraid that she doesn't want Buffy to be, like, dragged down to her level. Which happens anyway. Uh, Yeah. I forget what Cordelia's line is, but... She some, says something about downward spiral or something. She does. And then, of downward course, mobility. Buffy clinches it by attempting to murder her <laughs> with right. a piece of wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah from Cordelia's perspective, that's what happened. <laughs> I'm not saying she's a reasonable character, but you can see where she's coming that from. That part of it is uh, is reasonable. Yeah, the one yeah. who asks about all the weird corpses <laughs> and then tries to murder you. She's just... She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. But all she does is talk about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 They uh, they managed to spread around the exposition quite a bit on this episode. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, Giles gets stuck with like 95%. Right. Especially like in season one. They, they do a bit better later on. But yeah, a lot of, of Giles' dialogue is exposition. But mm-hmm. they gave some to the principal. Cordy got some. Angel gets... Probably yeah. more than his fair share in this and episode. And, like, Buffy did a lot of talking about vampires, so, you know, <laughs> I would call that exposition. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they were trying to do with that angel scene. If it was just like a, oh, look, he's not very nice, sexual tension. <laughs> but it really just wasn't working, you There know? is no sexual tension in that scene. I'm usually no. bad at detecting it, but I went back and watched it. I was like, oh, wait, they were probably flirting all through that. They really weren't. <laughs> She's just, just like, stop me. following me. Yeah. And he's like, you really sort of messed me up, but you're smaller than I thought you'd be. Blah, 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 hellmouth. Watch out for the, the harvest. Have a necklace. Here's a necklace. <laughs> and his jacket is so shiny. Oh, I don't know what shiniest. material it is made out of, but it is unreasonably shiny. The shiniest one they could find. Like, yeah, clearly. So not as overall not as bad an episode as I thought it would be. Really and honestly, this did well enough. It's like it's going to get much worse before before it gets better. I mean, no, the next episode is in the same tone as this one. Yeah, and it's still it's still pretty you know introductory, I would say. But 
more from the perspective of like what is fighting vampires actually like yeah and um, yeah you've got a decent amount of uh setting up of characters you've got a lot of setting up of plot so the next one is just a bunch of knocking down the pins that this episode was yeah. setting up which is nice frankly like you get that whole there are like three climaxes all one after another in the next episode mm-hmm. and they're only made possible because of what we see in this episode which yeah. doesn't seem like a lot but um and we brought the yeah. master in which was yeah. important to the season arc to this season certainly yeah <laughs> Overall, not great, but it'll get so much worse that I'm, I was really happy with it. As far as a pilot goes, too, pretty solid. Yeah. And, like, if you want to see a bad example, watch the unaired pilot. <laughs> oh, we will. Eventually. <laughs> Special episode. Special episode. We don't, we don't need to be adding episodes. You, you know this is 144, right? <laughs> okay, good. We've got this. I think that just about does it for us here at Welcome to the Hellmouth for this episode. I can be reached on Twitter at DT Lindley. Michaela, you are at Michaela Marshall. And just hashtag Welcome to the Hellmouth (laughs) to reach out to us. Uh, Neither of us are on Twitter, of course. So that might not work very well. If those, I mean, we, we could make a Twitter. We could make, like, a Welcome to the Hellmouth Twitter. Sure. I mean, we're not going to until we have actual interest in one. (laughs) No. There's also the Reddit, uh, Buffy.reddit.com, because we are sure as hell not making our own for now. No. So we'll be posting the episode up in there, and if you do want to talk about it for any reason, yeah, just go there. Search for Welcome to the Hellmouth. There will be a lot of hits, but we'll be one of them. Maybe, Maybe not as many as you'd think possibly anyway that just about does it for us oh fuck i forgot to mention beyondvanu.hellmouth at gmail.com <laughs> is also a place that you can reach out to us send us lots of email there i bet everyone's spelled spell that. beyondvanu as in the french <laughs> so until next time farewell, farewell from, from the, the hellmouth, hellmouth. Hellmo. 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 Hellmo.